Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're talking to the Chief Digital Officer of Velocopter. Our guest, Alexander Oling, is here to tell us about the fantastic product his company and his team are developing. So let's not delay. Let's get Alexander into the space to share his enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, Alexander. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. Nice to meet you. Hello. Excellent. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who do you work for and what do you do? So um, I started my career at the age of six um, when I got my first computer and um, had a glimpse of the future in my hands. And uh, it never, never, ever um, let me go. So um, I started um, programming, um, filed some patents at the age of 14 later um, and created my, my first company at back in the time when I was at school and um, then web 2.0 came up Facebook and a lot of companies raced and uh, I said to my mom I want to go to the Silicon Valley I was born in the middle of Germany and um, at this point in time um, I set them on my bed in the morning and it was a yeah a decision Um, Mm. I wanted this I was very young and um, I studied computer science and math um, and uh, it took me a couple of years of university um, and meeting a lot of people, um, traveling a lot around to um, really start that business. When I was then 23, um, I was at the point when I got a big funding from a big telecommunication company, it was at this point in time 1.7 million euros. Um, and I got it together with uh, two colleagues from university and um, yeah. And then we created the first company wow. back in 2007. Fantastic. So entrepreneur at heart. I mean, age of six, knowing yeah. that you want to go there. I mean, that's uh, dedication. I can't remember what I was thinking at the age of six, but uh, um, but just out of curiosity. It's fascination, right? It's fascination that right. is behind of everything and, uh, and it's passion. Yeah. And uh, when you find your passion and when it comes together with your profession and your passion, right, then uh, normally the magic happens. Yes, so. absolutely. And I'm curious, what was your first computer? Because I'm kind of thinking about the first computer I ever worked on. Yeah. So um, it was actually the computer of my dad. It was a 386 um, with 66 megahertz. Um, wow. So um, and uh, it was a laptop, by the way, with a monochrome display. And uh, later on, I got an Amiga and a C64. Yeah. So um, at the weekend, I, I spent uh, we had had some time and I spent an hour in the Computer History Museum in Berlin. And um, I saw some of the old so last weekend. So and I saw some of the old computers that I, I knew from my childhood. So, wow, um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, mine was a ZX Spectrum back in the Sinclair days, you know, wow. the old kind of rubbery keyboard and what have you. <laughs> moved on a long, a long way from there. So, so Alex, I'm really kind of curious around, um, you know, the company that you're working for. I mean, I've, I've done some reading and, and it's fascinating. And it, and it is it is kind of like the future here, you know, kind of thing, you know, it's that. So tell us about, you know, the, the problem that 
the company is solving in in the in the market so um, on a daily basis, um, I think everyone knows the traffic jumps, right? Um, so and um, it's also pretty hard when you want to go somewhere and um, in a dense urban area, you normally need some time on the road. And uh, I'm in Berlin, so and uh, I need an hour wherever I want to go. I, I can plan about an hour to get there within Berlin. Right? Yeah. And um, when I take the car, I can take public transport, but then I have other disadvantages. So. I think that um, when you are a frequent traveler on a on an international route, um, you always have to add another one, two hours to get within the city at the destination. And Volocopter is um, a pioneering company, and this is always something which is my passion, right? Um, be a pioneer in something you do on a daily basis is something that spends value. Uh, and um, so Volocopter is at the forefront of the urban air mobility sector, and uh, we are developing 100% electric um, aircraft designs for improving the connectivity within and around cities and the ecosystem to support those operations, right? So uh, we have a family of electric powered aircrafts. Um, we design our solutions specifically for different missions, very stable flight, low and agree agreeable about um, signature, sound, zero emissions during flight, so Volocopter is developing air taxis for short and long urban routes. So it's the Volo City and the Volo Connect. We're also having a heavy lift drone for routes um, in the urban areas or tough terrain, like the Volo drone and the infrastructure also to support these operations, uh, the Volo ports and Volo IQ, which is part of my daily development and efforts. Sounds sounds really exciting. I'm I'm kind of curious as to where you are in the development. Is it is this live? Uh, how far are you are we into actually kind of seeing this? a reality in, in our streets because i would love that service here i know exactly what you mean about the kind of uh, traffic jams i mean um, you can download microsoft flight simulator and try it out right um, cool. last year we had um, the luck and and with our friends at microsoft to put our first vehicle into a microsoft flight simulator oh, wow. and um, you can download it on your xbox um, xbox and uh, pc and uh, kids love it um, there are a couple of thousands flights um, performed um, over the first days already when this this was released last year and um I think that gives a good feeling of what the future um, holds for us. But when you see those, those pictures and then you move into the hangar and you see the, the real freaking vehicle in front of mm -hmm. you, it's, it's another dimension. Wow. Yeah, imagine. Um, because it's, it's still a vision when we talk about it. But when you're then in front of the vehicle and you have the, the luck to attend some of the test flights, right? So this is a different thing. Um, so we are very far in the development of our Volo City, Volo City uh, vehicle, and and also when it comes to which is my part, uh, our part, uh, digitalization, we are also very far. Have a big development team behind of that, but I think we come later um, to some of those questions. Brilliant, excellent. And what are the kind of typical you kind of mentioned here that kind of the digital infrastructure, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the ability to. I mean, I love the idea of digital twins because you know the idea is you can kind of test and and simulate and uh, you know being a software engineer in my uh, in my past, you know, being able to run regression tests, you know, if I change this, what does that do, you know, without actually having to go live onto the system. I love that. Um, and, and obviously now you've made that digital twin kind of semi-available on a, on, a, on a platform that people can actually play with, which is even better. Um, so what are the kind of uh, typical um, roadblocks in terms of, you know, creating that infrastructure um, that you've had to kind of put in place to, to make that uh, potential, you know, customer experience easier? 
So, um, I mean, first of all, when we talk about customer experience, right, we have two types of target audiences. One is a B2C, the other is a B2B um, customer. Um, so a B2C customer um, clearly needs an easy to understand multimodal interface, um, which brings you from door to door. Um, they don't want another app for this and this or another app for this and this. Right? People have the habits where they buy travel products and you need to integrate yourself into those. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is that you have shareholders in the governmental sector. So authorities want to, wanted to know where there are the vehicles, right? And, and, uh, and why and everything. So then we have the, the maintenance part and our manufacturing part, but we wanted to know everything about the vehicle in real time, right? Mm. Um, so having a real digital twin of the vehicle, um, and this does not stop there also about the volo port on the ground, right? Um, we wanted to have all the processes um, of the maintenance workers and everything, you know, every screw that's touched needs to be recorded somewhere. And yes. uh, that's possible today. I mean, that's cool. And the other thing is that, um, and this is something we are introducing um, into that space, I think as the first, um, we bring a digital twin also of the airspace. So we are flying very low over the ground not in kilometers, in hundreds of meters, right? Wow. And uh, there are a lot of possible obstacles, other drones, birds and things. And um, you want to have this obstacle avoidance um, in place automatically. Um, you wanted to know every bird that flies through the airspace, right? Literally. <laughs> and uh, technology in, in picture recognition, machine learning, and those kind of things, plus high-speed connectivity of next generation um, in place uh, will allow us and allows us also already in our test flight areas, for example, to spot even smaller birds into the in, in, the, in the airspace, right? And wow. avoid them. And um, we are really serious about this environmental aspect. Hmm. And um, flying very, very quiet and also environmental friendly with batteries, no emissions, but also um, not crossing, you know, roads and, and air corridors of birds, right, and things um, is something, um, yeah, that, that gives a 360-degree picture, I think, Brilliant. about what we're doing. Excellent. And again, curious around the the actual um, the device. I mean, is it autonomous, or does it have a kind of constant connection back to to base to to be, you know, feed information, and do some of this kind of processing? Because you mentioned AI and and a visual recognition and stuff. Now we are come to, coming back to the, to the regulation. Um, so um, you can't build something um, where a human is uh, on a seat um, that flies autonomously at the moment. So it's simply not allowed. Um, there is a way forward and down the road, we are starting piloted and uh, we will then uh, go uh, BV loss behind line of sight um, flights um, autom autonomously. I think we we need to talk at this point about the division and for sure the division is having a performing a couple of hundred thousand flights per day worldwide um, on a, a BV loss basis um, at a level of human interaction that is comparable to a drive with your car and um, and that will be the future. You will use one of those vehicles probably. If you are lucky and they're outside of a city or somewhere uh, traveling bet between cities, like in Germany, you know, big cities close together, um, then maybe this is your preferred vehicle to, to get from A to B, um, even more than a car, for example, um, because it's very easy then to fly in the future and uh, with secured airspace and you know sky roads and things where you, All right. you know, travel through. And uh, it's also affordable since um, 
when you compare this to a traditional helicopter, we are talking about another dimension, right? So yeah. um, there is less parts, more uh, techno technologically advanced, but less parts. So uh, and when we talk about this future, I think uh, we will uh, enable really flights for, for everyone. Yes. So it's not just for, for some super rich people, you know, to have another toy or so. Um, uh, this will be, um, yeah, hopefully uh, the the next uh, first vehicle that you go in the morning when you want to drive or get into the work the morning. Yeah. Right. So I can't you. wait. I'm, I'm, I think my I think I'm ready to buy one. Uh, it, well, actually, all flying one. Um, and how far away are we from actually kind of bringing this uh, to a live system where it's kind of happening and I'm able to book one or, you know. So um, we can talk about like months or, or even a small number of years. But um, I think the most important thing is that um, the vehicle is, is safe and, and tested enough yes. um, to, to be at this level. And then it's, it's not crucial if it's two years to the Olympic Games, which is our official um, roadmap, um, or um, it's even less or more, right? So I think it's, it's crucial to have an efficient and, and well-working and designed aircraft that brings us safe from A to B. No one wants to be part of of some damages or things, right, um, or the crashes or so. Um, I think we want to to bring that um, into a very safe space um, that is easy easy to to fly and um, and and safe to perform. Right? Brilliant, excellent. So I'm going to take a step back now to you, Alex, as as a leader. Uh, you kind of mentioned your passion. What what is the passion that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and want to go at it? So. Um, First of all, it's computer science. So it's, it's building um, applications, um, creating infrastructure and things that um, is not there at the moment. So inventing new things, that's mm -hmm. very sure. And, um, and bring together the, the most talent, some of the most talented people in the world um, to build something on that. I am, this is also some of part of, uh, to, to some part of my learning of the last years in building some companies um, is um, from scratch is that you can't do it alone. So you need the right people in place and uh, they need to be humble. They need to be, uh, yeah, they need to be grounded. They need, uh, I think some of them, which are the best have failed in their life. And afterwards they had the decision to make something better, learn from it and, yeah. and, and improve themselves. And I think that's one of the daily drivers um, to, to, you know, work together with those, um, yeah, visionary, but also humble people and, and lovely people, um, yes. that make the team. The other thing is technology itself, right? Um, I'm building since a couple of years, those, those small racing FPV drones myself oh, wow. flying, and flying them. Um, and, um, with Volocopter, there is the passion for computers and digitalization, um, you know, coming together with the passion for drones and um, having a basic understanding about this aircraft technology, coming together with this profession in computer science. Um, and then you see that there is a field um, of, uh, yeah, of, of technology that is very old, right? Computer mm -hmm. technology in aerospace is something, you know, they are on Windows, Windows XP basis from the early <laughs> 2000, right? Yes. And, um, so and then you introduce uh, cutting edge um, software development uh, uh, mechanisms and technologies um, into that space. That's cool. 
So um, uh, some keywords, agile, you know, continuous development and improvement, um, mm -hmm. yeah, containerization and things. So there's a lot of technology that came up in the computer science world in the last five, six years um, that was not introduced yet to the uh, aviation industry. And um, we bring that technology to a level in computer, so the computer technology to a level where it's mature enough um, to, uh, to be to meet the requirements of the regulators. Yes, yeah, that's right. And this kind of brings me onto a topic that actually I'm passionate about, which is high integrity systems, you know, systems that, you know, have to have fail saves and redundancy mm -hmm. and, uh, and and the ability to kind of recover um, from, I, I imagine this is in your space as well as part of the kind of regulations. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So um, what we do is we, we bring parts of our aircraft, which were part traditionally um, of the aircraft design, we bring them as part of the ground infrastructure, um, working together in a, in a highly connected, low latency, high bandwidth network. And therefore, we can exchange every information and process that in the cloud um, with modern cloud technology. So, so not, it's not the, the cloud in the sky, it's the cloud in the data center, <laughs> right? Um, but um, this will introduce or give us the opportunity in of all this cool machine learning tools and things. And um, what we show to the regulators is that uh, it is safe to do, which um, you only can perform. And that's the key when you have a real aircraft, real data um and show the, the data to the regulators brilliant uh, and i guess coming back to your digital twin you're able to simulate some of this stuff uh, beforehand mm -hmm. and also demonstrate it in, in the kind of real life system which is which is a real win-win that's right that's yeah. right and it's pretty cool to see this simulations as well um and uh, and how then the simulations meet to the real world and and otherwise brilliant and again, coming back to your leadership, because I'm really curious, because you're in this great space. I imagine you've got lots of really smart people around you. You're going to attract the people. I mean, you know, oh, there's lots of technologists listening to this, probably thinking, oh, I want to work on that. Um, how do you roll as a leader? How do you kind of keep all these really enthusiastic, uh, passionate people um, and, and, and get them to, to do what the business needs to be doing, you know, uh, the outcomes it needs to create? It, it starts with the selection of the people. You need uh, those kind of people which are highly talented, passionate, right, and humble, yes. <laughs> and um, bring them together in a team, um, and then uh, give them a vision and work together with them on a common vision. It's not my vision, so it's it's our vision that we develop together. Nice. And um, most high performance teams, which I led in the past and also today, um, are having the ownership. So the people have the real ownership um, of their specific topic. So um, I think you do the best as a leader when you build teams that run even without you right afterwards. So I don't build teams that can only run with me. I build teams that um, can run also even without me and, and perform highly because um, I bring together people from different industries and different backgrounds um, and, and play Lego, right? Um, some skill sets meet other skill sets um, in, in the best technological, but also emotional way. Mm. And um, this gives a picture of a team. Um, this picture is a team, right? Um, which then can withstand um, all the uncertainties, you know, of the daily work and, uh, and work together on a basis of trust. So when I some people in, in feedback talks, right, they tell me that when they come from bigger organizations and corporates, they don't have this feeling of ownership, 
they are part of something they have not the responsibility of, of topics and um they then after like two or three weeks recognize oh damn when he said ownership he really meant ownership <laughs> right? right so uh, which which has a good of you know bright sides but also some downsides because you're responsible for something you do right mm. and um within a super short amount of time you see if this works out or not right and um the good thing is in a, in a super fast growing company there are a lot of different roles and um and and places for people so um sometimes we need a bit to adjust the position in another team or in another you know department or whatever but um this is like under two percent of the people so wow. um, i think that the the most important step is um the, the candidate interview the first one right yes um and um and as a leader you can't not be part of something like that um, at least you have to have one person interview also with the candidate to understand his background you know, his or her background right and uh, mm -hmm. bring together their their motivation and, and see if this fits to the team and when we then talk about other leadership positions you need to have not a democratic but a very democratic way and in, in also introducing them to the other parts of the team right and um there is a veto of the team when the team says no this guy does not fit to our leadership team um then i would say no this never happened already or so far <laughs> yes. um but uh, we had a lot of discussions about people that joining uh, the, the leadership teams and um, and i think really that um they are from first like minute on when they work together work then on the basis of trust right um and uh, there's not this oh I don't know. Maybe he's stealing my job. Whatever thingy, right? So uh, it's an open culture, open culture. Yes. So yes. and the open discussion culture. And I think um, nobody should be, you know, lean back and wait for something. If you want something, you need to work for it. It's not yes. for free. So. I say, excellent. This reminds me of the book, The Maverick. I don't know if you've read that at all, but nope. they talk about this where uh, the teams have a, a say in who joins the team. You know, and yes. I love this because. You know, I think you make a great point here, Alex, because teams are, you know, the only time they gel is when they want to gel and they've got to feel that they want to gel and, and know each other, you know, the relationship. So this is really great to hear. Um, I've got a question around, um, you know, what does real ownership look like? I mean, do you hand over like a, an outcome? This is the outcome that we want and, and this is what it looks like because so, um, it's quite common for leaders to to hand over ownership, but it's a little bit ambiguous, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a clever question on your side. I really love it <laughs> because um, yes, there's something that, that we not covered yet when we talked about, there's a process. <laughs> so it's the agile process, it's safe, enterprise safe, but there's an agile process um, and also an intellectual process. So there's a specific team for doing the research. Um, some of the, the best uh, consultancy uh, people that I've ever met coming together and uh, they're screening um, projects and and our roadmap. Um, I'm also very uh, integrated into that team, and uh, we are meeting new suppliers and things, um, looking into patterns and and uh, papers, um, scientific research. Wow. Uh, but then we bring that together, um, and uh, and then we hand normally over those projects um, to product owners. Um, which have a background in a certain field and then they work together in a group of product owners and, and built the, yeah and then uh, 
software development, hardware development, whatever comes in, right? But um, so there's an overall process behind, and um, it's something we've, I personally have had to learn because when I started my first company in 2007, there was no agile methodology out there, right? Um, I was in the valley, and the investors forced us, right, to work together in a way where we would today call it Kanban, right? So, right. Yes. <laughs> and um, but they had learned or they have learned this back in the time also from other projects before software projects have the, 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 the luck that they don't have a lot of physical interaction normally with products right? you can iterate very fast. Um, what I see now uh, within the aerospace industry to bring this agile methodology, which is part of the digitalization process, um, also to the hardware designs. Nice. Um, Yes, which is possible through um, uh, yeah, rapid development and, and innovation in a way of having 3D printers, you know, and can, you can iterate on prototyping and rapid prototyping very fast. So and then this also, you know, kicks in into like higher level of specification and, and aircraft design. Yeah, excellent. I love this idea. I mean, being an advocate of kind of the agile values and principles. I know. I, uh, you I know, read it's, your bio. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 fascinating to see that because um you know it it, it kind of creates the right environment. It it creates an environment of uh, the, the right things to emerge from it. You know, it's an emergent condition. Um, so this is great to hear that you're kind of taking it to kind of uh, lots of different levels. So Alex, um, talking about high performing teams and having these fantastic people that you've hired. Uh, they're really smart. They're humble. What are the communication tips you've got around kind of making sure the flow of information doesn't overwhelm people and you've got that clarity still as to what you need to achieve? Yeah, so uh, you need a clear plan. Um, you could, uh, for example, stick to the, the agile process, having the sprint meetings, you know, plannings, retros, and if this really helps, um, also in our case, because the team is spread all over Germany. Um, but on the other hand, um, you also have to have the people that um, bring this communication skills with, right? So um, especially other leaders and, and people that own a specific topic need to be very good also in communications. Um, this can be in a, in a verbal, but also in a written form. So building great presentations and document your daily business um, is a good idea, right? And, uh, and most of the people are very structured. Um, yes. and, um, and they can bring their ideas to the paper. And, uh, and then maybe there are people that are very good in a specific topic, but not so good in bringing those informations into a, into a document. Um, then you could help of you know, assistants and other people that step into the gaps. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, and it's communication. Um, so normally my my plan is full from nine in the morning until seven in the evening, and there are literally no gaps, right? Because I have always something to talk about. So it's really steering people. It's talking about a lot of topics. They can always approach me. Um, so uh, they can write me via Microsoft Teams, for example. And um, it's a great tool um, actually to work together. So you need to be approachable as a leader, and I'm expecting this also from my colleagues in the leadership team and uh, they do a great job in that and um, some of them are very structured others are more closer into topics need a bit more structure from help of colleagues so it's about to say let's work together let's really meet and also give the freedom to talk about topics that are not work related right um, yes. we have you know in the evening we fly together uh, flight simulator or you know play online games and and do things um, so people come together on a daily basis and then 
in a remote environment, you need to bring them together regularly, right? Yes. Um, on a regular basis, like 20% of the time we're meeting somewhere, doing workshops, offsites and things. So uh, actually, um, the founders of um, MariaDB, um, which I met back at the time when I was in the Silicon Valley, um, they started company a company um, that uh, my my sequel came coming from my sequel doing MariaDB and then they they built a team globally and they come together once in a year right um, and bringing everyone together and uh, in offsites and things this was new it back in the time for me I, right. I was used to go into office every day right and they built up something like that like a community of open source software development which is spread globally right and building real products off of it. This is possible, man, mm. right? Game changer, right? Now you can hire for talent, not for location, right? Wow. Yes, yes. yes. And, and and this is an interesting thing because this is the era we're kind of going through this transition where we have become more remote than we ever have. And and what are the challenges around that? Because I, I mean, I've got some challenges that I've experienced around remote working. It's trust. So you need to trust those people, right? Uh, when you have people in the team uh, that you can't trust, right? Uh, then, uh, and trust means trust in timelines, delivery of projects and things. So I'm not um, behind of anyone at, at the, every day, every minute, right? And look if they do their work or not. I need to trust that they stick to the timelines and they deliver something. And uh, I experienced uh, back in, uh, in, my, in, my, in my work after, the, after a couple of years that some of the best performing teams deliver in half the time they were actually planning up front when, wow. you're in, when you're in agile and um, i look for people that are able to deliver something in half the time they've planned mm. and i'm asking always would i be able to perform this job as a leader you need to be part of the mindset in terms of technological background right you need mm. to be able to do code reviews yourself when you are in software development, right? And uh, and talk to the people, right? Otherwise, you can't hire the right people together. So yes, building right. software architectures and and things. So it always helps when you have the background in the <laughs> in the stuff you're doing on a daily basis, right? And yes. I'm a super nerd. Um, it, it, uh, <laughs> it's going, so I'm translating between the super nerds and the investors. That's my basic, my you know my my basis, right? Yeah, I like I like it. I always used to joke that I was a super geek, but I managed to de-geek. But I don't think you can de-geek. You know? <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. No, it's not possible. Everyone looks at me and goes, no, no, no. no. <laughs> and, and coming back to your leadership then, because I'm also curious, because this being CTO Confessions, is that, you know, as you lead, there must be things that keep you up at night, you know, the kind of things that play on your mind. What keeps you up at night, Alex? I think it's new technology how can we use new cool stuff right um how can we make our work more efficient um how can we you know solve problems that were not solved before some really new stuff um mm. and which is in the triangle of you know building it building the team for it getting the funding um, maybe also filing some patents you know which is what what is possible what is what is achievable what is in budget you know prioritize yeah, that kind of things that, that keep me away. And sure, when you start the business, right? Um, can I, can we do the budget to finance for this? You know, funding, I don't know, investor talks. Um, yeah, I think when you have to think about the team and and people in the team that um, are problematic or not performing well, then you have a real problem. 
Yes. So, and then you made mistakes before <laughs> when you hire people or, you know, when you're not, we're not there, right? Um, I think uh, I've made also mistakes, a lot of mistakes um, in my life. Um, for example, I uh, tried to, you know, create some of the companies that I did before on my own, alone, right? Not giving out this, this ownership about topics. And um, this leads in the situation where you are at, on conferences the entire day doing presentations at investors, you know, and uh, and you're you're not leading the team, and mm. the, the team does in software development refactoring for an entire year without developing new features, things like wow. that, you know. Yes. Yeah. So and uh, I think that um, you only can build uh, a visionary product when you are part of the development process on a daily basis. So you can't be the the, the, the at the forefront of the conference and the, the innovation. Mm. And on the same side, leading the projects and internally. So then you need more people, you know, to step in and you need to give them the, their respective ownership yeah. um, about those topics. Otherwise, it will fail. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It kind of comes onto a topic, again, one that I'm passionate about is co-leadership, which is kind of leading together. You know, we are uh, we are solving this together kind of thing. And and you kind of mentioned here some of the, you know, seeing the future, uh, the new uh, technologies that are coming on the horizon. I can imagine it's a real balancing act, you know, what's possible, what's not possible, what's in budget, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how do you kind of make that easier for yourself? So, uh, again, having a good team, right? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading all day long, everything in tech, right? You could think that, oh God, this guy, you know, my neighbors think I'm working in my home office the entire day, right? Sitting in front of my computer. What is the guy doing, right? <laughs> Nothing that special, right? Just creating aircraft, right? So, and, and aerospace of the future maybe, but um, it's not me, right? It's the, it's the team and um, you need to bring the people together. That's the, that's the key. Brilliant, excellent. And um, I was going to ask you about found, uh, foundations for organizational growth because you are a, a growing company and I can imagine the future is going to have lots of these things flying in the air. So it's going to be a lot of growth. Any other kind of tips on foundations for growth of organizations? It's a good question. Um, I think at the end of the day, you need to have a solid vision, bring together the right people and secure the funding. Um, normally, and when you are in your garage, it's your job for the first year. It's for sure your job, but at some point in time, you need uh, to, to let other people in and give them the ownership and the trust. So yeah. um, it's about creating things. You can't do it on your own. When Apple came up with, um, you know, smartphone applications, mobile apps, um, a lot of developers thought, oh, cool, I can, you know, code the next, you know, beer drinking app and made some make some millions, right? The reality is uh, when you create an app, you need a lot of different skills. It's not just mm. coding the app. Um, and when it comes to marketing normally and, and design, developers are not the best in the world. <laughs> no, tell me about it. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a foundation and um, for in, in aerospace, there's something which really keeps me sometimes awake at night, and this is regulation. So are we meeting the regulations, how we can get around uh, uh, problems and, and solve them, make them safe? Yeah, excellent. So as we come towards the closing arc of our podcast together, unfortunately, Alex, um, I've got some really nice warm questions for you. What advice would you give to aspiring tech leaders out there? Um, yeah, build teams of friends, build teams um, of talented friends, um, humble and talented friends. <laughs> so, yes. And um, because it, you will have 
much more fun on a daily basis working together with them and um, and also the results what what you can achieve together um, are much higher because they're you know working based on results not on work time yeah i love it and on the subject of um you know developing as leaders have there been any books videos ted talks mentors that have been gateways for your leadership yeah definitely <laughs> so definitely um i had the luck to to meet some of the the book authors um like guy kawasaki out of the start um and um i think that when you ever have the chance to to meet inspiring people you should take it right and um, you should really carefully read uh about uh new books and and things that are coming out um in the space of leadership and this should be part of your daily routine mm. so and um, for me the, the bible was always like the art of the start when you talk about uh from guy kawasaki where we talk about what is the product in the hands of your of your customers right um, how should it look like what do you need to create it um and uh, i mean eric rice a lean startup um things like that were i think cornerstones of my personal development it goes a fun part of the podcast I'm going to offer you a tech wish. I'm going to be the tech genie for a second. Okay. I'm going to offer you a wish for your industry, for your leadership. What would you wish for? That's a good question. I think um, at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, continuity um, of technology um, and uh, build things that last. But in software industry, everything is in, in transition and it, it moves the entire time. Um, mm. So nothing is, is finished, right? There are security holes, there are updates the entire day. So um, I think um, we need to, to tackle some of the basic fundamentals uh, when it comes to update mechanisms of software, um, but it also when it comes to privacy and data security and how we use data. Yes, I think I think you're right. This is this is a common topic that comes out there. You also mentioned something uh, quite interesting. There's that the over innovation that's happening in the market. Everything's moving all the time and we're not able to trust that it's still going to be there. You know, it's yep. uh, it's a common theme. So yep. thank you for that. And um, so as we hit the full stop of the podcast, Alex, what would be your key takeaway for the men, women, tech leaders out there as a parting gift? So we've talked a lot um, about building teams, right? Um, so I will come back to our products. Um, so the key takeaway is that in a couple of years, there will be another form of transportation. And um, this will be for sure our Volo City, also our Volo Connect as a part of our product lineup. So I would ask all the talented people out there from the aviation industry, computer industry, right? Automotive industry, battery technology, you know, um, let's join Volocopter, right? Uh, work together on the future and uh, build next generation aircrafts because you can really sit into it and fly with that vehicle. So that's definitely a game changer. And for me, and it will also be for you. So because this is the future way of transportation, um, it's uh, it's not only futuristic, right? But it's also safe, um, it's efficient, uh, it's environmental friendly, um, and uh, it's fast, by the way, also. Right? And um, yeah, it's affordable. And uh, all this criteria does not meet to traditional helicopters and the helicopter space and, and uh, the entire industry at the moment. And um, this will be brought to you by some of the most passionate people 
in the world um, that um, are hiring at some of the companies that are in this space at the moment. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you for your time, Alex. It's been great having you on CTO Confession, sir. Thank you. Wow. The future is here. The future is a way out of those dreaded traffic jams. Are you one of those people that drive out of your way to avoid jams, probably taking longer than the actual jam would take? It's crazy, right? Don't tell anyone, but I'm one of those people. It was great to hear about Alex's work and the revolutionary product that Velocopter are creating. I particularly liked his tech journey as well. At the age of six, feeling the spark of what he wanted to do and then bellowing that flame to the point where it took off into a great tech journey. Truly inspiring. So what were your key takeaways? These were mine. My first key takeaway is about Velocopter, making sure that the product is ready for the market, particularly one where safety is paramount and delivering to the public a polished, seamless service and that is compliant to the current regulations and possible future ones on the horizon and also excelling in the safety requirements of the standards of the day and beyond. My second key takeaway was around creating the right teams. I love the way Alex put it, building a talented team of friends, humble, intelligent friends, delivering the outcomes in an aligned and business-affirming way, working to deliver results in a way that is open and fun. So it's pretty obvious, our success as tech leaders is down to the teams that we create, so create them artfully. My third and final key takeaway is you can never start young enough on your tech leadership journey. Alex's story was inspiring and I think it's a reminder to us parents to see the fires in our kids and do whatever we can as parents to turn those flames into fierce fires of passion. So thank you for your time, Alex. I could speak for hours about your product and I look forward to seeing it hitting the streets. I mean the air above the streets. So thank you to all of you at Velocopter for creating a life-affirming innovation that I hope to benefit from in the coming years. Excellent groundbreaking stuff. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Lab services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.